This is episode number 245 of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jesse Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hey friends, it's Jesse. Before we get into today's show, I wanted to let you know that I have a brand new freebie available for you called The Coach's Guide to Leading Streamlined, Successful, and Profitable Prenatal and Postnatal Group Fitness Classes. It is immediately downloadable at the link in today's show notes of this episode. So if you work in fitness, if you're a trainer, a coach, or a health practitioner of any kind, you can hop over there and get that today. I'm going to be teaching you how to instantly grow the success and efficiency of your group-based programs with pregnant, postpartum people and parents, how to increase your revenue so you can build class-based programs and stop only trading your time for money with one-to-one sessions, and also how you can improve your clients' results with smoother class designs, seamless programming, and build these strong communities that keeps your folks coming back and not wanting to miss a session. So go to the link in today's show notes, grab this freebie for you again, immediately downloadable. It will come to your email inbox as a PDF and also included aside from all the tips and strategies within that is three full workouts designed for you that you can take your group-based sessions through. So three fully designed for you strength-based workouts that you can immediately take your next group class through. I'm going to show you how I would program and put exercises together that can run smoothly for a variety of body and pelvic health needs and also fitness and strength needs. So go get it. Link in today's show notes and you'll find all the details there. Hello, friends. Welcome on to another episode of To Birth and Beyond. It's Jesse Mundell. And today I'm so excited for this conversation with my friend Gabriella Blanco, who is joining us to talk about parenting, life, taking care of ourselves and our bodies throughout parenting, and how it can be so vital to us being able to show up in the way we might want to or envision ourselves showing up to parenting. So Gabriella, thanks for being here today. Thank you, Jesse. It's so good to be with you. Um, I love I love that I get to be on your space. And I just want to say, and I've said it to you before, um, as a human and a mother, um, and someone who's very sensitive and aware of bringing kind of good care into my life, um, being able to 
be in your program and be guided by you has been such a gift. So, so good on that level to be with you. Um, and also as a parent or a parent coach who's in this space of supporting parents, I just have so much respect for you and this approach. Um, I think that we share of just seeing parents as humans first and not parents first and really wanting to bring that support and care to people who are doing this incredibly difficult job of raising other humans. So thank you for having me. Yes, yes. Well, let's get right in then to the work that you do with parents. And I'll preface this by saying that your work in parenting and with supporting parents is some of the only work around parenting that I have read. And there's a few folks, but you are always at the top of the list for me because it makes me feel okay and good about myself and the way that I'm trying to do this gig of raising two small humans in a way that feels collaborative and respectful and gentle and also firm when it needs to be firm and your work makes me feel like that can be done and there's kind of space for me to show up as myself within the work of parenting and I don't have to shape shift into some other version of me in order to do parenting quote unquote well all that said Can you tell us about the work that you do, the professional work that you do and how you came to it? Sure. I got goosebumps when I heard that last piece of feeling like you don't have to shape shift. Um, I love that. Yeah, that we can be ourselves and be all of these wonderful things. Um, Okay, so yeah, so I am, you know, I've always really loved the idea of caregiving. I, I, you know, my bachelor's degree is in human development. And while I was earning that degree, I was a nanny and I worked at a preschool. And then I moved on to, you know, volunteering at homeless shelter for youth. And there was always this, just wanting to be not only around kids and youth, but I really liked watching parents or professionals like interact. And I think it was really fascinating to me because I I think watching professionals, you know, working for a family that had like parenting books, I was like, oh, this is actually a thing. This isn't just something that happens and that you do. Like some people actually learn about how to be with kids and how to treat kids. When I became pregnant and had my daughter, I was like, this is going to be so easy for me. Like I have so much experience. I'm so good at this. Like all of the um, respectful parenting stuff. I was like, oh, I totally vibe with this. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm so glad I know it. And I was like ready to be the perfect, um, the perfect, gentle, supportive, conscious parent. And at the same time, you know, my, well, my daughter was born. And then I also just had this really big personal crisis, which sent me into, I had done therapy in the past, but this was like, you know, that therapist that changed your life. Like when, when it's, where the person who really got you to ask yourself the hard questions and you know I was just ready for it and so after all of that kind of looking at this 
respectful parenting material and then experiencing how important healing was conscious parenting for me felt like the perfect little answer like oh yeah it's about reflecting on yourself and at the same time parenting your child differently and breaking cycles it all makes sense and I was doing it I was doing the conscious parenting the healing while parenting thing but it just felt kind of like like dull Yes, I get what I'm you're like, saying. Where's the where's the like life transformation that I'm gonna that I want to feel like now that I'm doing everything differently and and it there was something that started to just feel kind of scripted and just like I felt really bored scrolling through Instagram and is like oh you know instead of instead of good job say you know I see what you did and and it's just like this is. I wanted, I wanted more, you know, and actually the parents that I work with are often like really big meaning. We're all meaning makers as humans, but it's like, we want to feel the meaning and feel the, um, the depth. And so that's why I started, um, getting serious about supporting other parents. So kind of taking my previous experiences and then getting formally trained, uh, with hand in hand parenting and finding that that's what parents were wanting. Like, yeah, I get it. Like, I didn't need to be telling people, don't punish your kids, don't spend, like people got it. People were ready, but there was this, but I want to feel different. That's kind of what led me to put together my course, which is kind of the foundation of the work that I do. It's kind of the first step that people take. And the approach is based on three main ideas, which is tools, togetherness, and transformation. And I have found that kind of that approach of making sure you have the tools because we actually didn't, you know, learn a lot of things growing up, but also like well-chosen tools instead of like every single little tip and all of these 500,000 things that people are (laughs) telling you to do some really well-chosen timeless tools um, together with actually experiencing true togetherness in your family. Um, so not so much how often are we together and how many together activities do we plan, but rather when you have that time with someone, how together do you feel? And then, and then just transformation, which the, the tools and the togetherness are really what give you these daily shifts of transformation. Um, so that's really what it's always coming back to with the parents I work with. Like when those three things are happening for you you experience, and I continue to experience to this day, that feeling like, no, this isn't perfect. No, I'm not like this conscious mama who's always doing things like super beautifully, but my life has a lot of meaning. And my relationship with my, with my child has a lot of meaning and I can feel that. And I, and I feel very aware of how I am leading that. And I am contributing to that on a regular basis. So that's, that's the, the kind of work that I do with the community of parents I support. Ah, oh, so beautiful to hear you talk through it like that. So how old is your daughter now? She's six. She's six. Yeah. So yes, our oldest are similar in age. And I imagine that you just feel it shift and change all the time in your parenting relationship as she grows and changes and her world changes too. So I'm so interested, what 
feels like it's going well for you in parenting right now and also what feels sticky or hard yeah wow that's an awesome question um so I think what what feels like it's going well is that there's just we have so many strong foundations in our relationship and Sometimes you can even take them for granted once you've established them. But right now I've really been able to notice them. And it has to do with, you know, my daughter's moving through a lot of transitions and she's bringing them all to me. And I'm like, this is, this is what it's about. It's not about life not being scary or challenging for her. It's not about her secure little pandemic pod coming to an end and then her going to a brand new school or about some realizations she's having about what it means that her parents are separated because we separated when she was two. And so a lot of the realizations about what that means are happening now for her. Um, there's, there's a, there are several things that could, that are, yeah, considered challenges or struggles in her life right now. But the way that she brings them to me to make sense of them and the way that she is able to move her feelings and all the different kind of realms of the relationship and my capacity to really know what's happening, right? To, to see that the way she incorporates a certain theme into play is her way of making sense of something that she that's all she really needs to do with that thing is make sense of it and how the way she is freaking out over not getting a second cookie and having a, you know, a lot of feelings that you're like, wait, you're six, you're not two or, and it's like, no, none of that. It's like, she's, she's moving grief that may have to do with all of the things going on right now <laughs> or very old memories. And so I think that what feels really good right now is that I feel like I know what's going on. Like I'm the captain of the ship and the waters, you know, get rough, but I'm like, I can, I just, I know what's going on. Right. And I, and I can, and I know I can be there for her. Um, so I don't know if that feels, if that sounds really general, but it's, it feels really good in the relationship in that way right now. Yeah, no, I definitely know what you mean. You feel like you can, show up to it and show up for her in the ways that she needs you to be there right now and that's so comforting when you feel like that in those moments as a parent yeah and I think that it's it's the noticing the noticing because sometimes I can't show up the way I want to yeah but the the, the having enough on awareness of an awareness of what's going on and saying, I'll, I'll catch that tomorrow. I couldn't catch it today, but I'll catch it tomorrow because I know it's there. And just, you know, it's that sense of kind of calm because some days are better than others, but I know what's going on. I'm not lost. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. All right. And then what feels tough? So, oh, my daughter and I have this cycle, you know, all relationships have these like cycles that you can fall back into. And um, we have one where my kind of inner child that's like, why am I not good enough for anybody gets triggered in like one second, right? 
And so we will move into these stages in our relationship where, um, you know, it's like, I told you that I wanted to do my seatbelt buckle. And it's like, you know, and this is a very normal type of child behavior, but after two or three of those, I'm just like, is anything not good enough? You know, it's like <laughs> so loud when we're, when that inner part of me isn't so sensitive, you know, when she's like, I told you I wanted to do my seatbelt, you know, I can just be like, oh shoot, you wanted to do your seatbelt, you know? I'm awesome. I'm hitting it out of the park with being all understanding and stuff. But when, when this part of me is hurting, it becomes very challenging. And so she will eventually hear from my, like the words come out of my mouth that day of like, isn't anything good enough for you? And it's like, oh gosh. And so it, it's just extra work. It's extra work because it's helping her make sense of why that happens and by and thinking of age appropriate ways to help her understand um you know what I'll usually say to her is something like oh there's this part of me that sometimes feels like everything has to, I have to do everything right and then that part of me gets so like like stressed out and loud but it's really not because of what you said and it's just the way I'm feeling and I need to give myself a little bit of care and but that's work right that's like we have to access our creativity so lately I've been having to work a lot to get ahead of that dynamic because I know that it's coming up a lot for me. And then to try to use my coping strategies in the moment when that trigger um, you know, goes off. And then also to be sure that when we're feeling good and we have the time, I'm helping her to make sense of that super needy mommy that she's hanging out with sometimes. Um, cause I know it's really important for her sense of safety to be like, oh, that's you and your, you know, need to do things right. And it's not me. It's just been <laughs> kind of tiring. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it is so much work and it, it helps me understand my own parents so much better because yeah, they, didn't have those tools they might not have seen this heard this be spoken to in certain ways from their parents and their parents weren't either but it is so much work to kind of narrate through your feelings and explain to your kids what you're going through and what you're experiencing your own body it can just feel like oh my gosh I'm so frustrated. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so tired of this. I don't want to take the time for it. And sometimes, like you're saying, it doesn't happen that day. And you know, I need to revisit this tomorrow because that's not sitting super well with me. But when you do have those moments of explaining to your child of this was going on in my body and I felt these ways and I don't really like how I talked to you or showed up and I'm sorry or whatever it might be. I just think those are such cool experiences to have with your kid when they're young, but then imagining that in the trajectory of your relationships with them as they get older, like that's so cool of what we can continue to build together. Definitely. Yeah. And it's, it's also something we can model for them, you know, that they have this association, like relationships are messy, being involved with humans means that it doesn't always flow beautifully and easily, but when I notice a tricky situation in my life, there are things I can do to get ahead of it. 
And sometimes I will actually even verbalize that with her. Like, oh, oh, like we woke up late and remember how stressy that makes me get. So I'm just going to like do this for myself right now because we don't want stressy mommy, do we? No, we don't want stressy mommy. And then it's like, oh, stressy mommy came out, right? And then, and then, you know, in the during, we can even say like, I need to give myself some care. I can't help you with your feelings right now, or I can't help with that. Um, but it's, it's them having those associations. There's, there are things we can do ahead of time in our relationships. There are things we can do in the moment in our relationships when it gets tricky. And then there are things we can do after, um, and that's, that's that, this beautiful thing that is going to kind of apply to all of our relationships. Yeah, that's so true. That's a really good reminder. So the before the during and the after. Okay. Tell us, so the parents who come to work with you in your programs, what are some of the most common struggles that they feel like they're coming up against? Why are they coming to you? Yeah. Well, the, the general word that I hear most often is overwhelm. Like parents just feel overwhelmed. A lot of times it's not that they're really lacking information, although they're, you know, we can always learn a little bit more and be like, ah, oh, that makes it a little easier to understand. But usually it's, it's, yeah, they, they are, they're following the right Instagram accounts about how to be, you know, the kind of parents they want to be, or they've read the books. Um, but it's just too much. They feel like they are drowning in the day-to-day, either because they're trying to work outside of the home and also do this conscious parenting thing, or they're in charge of the home, and that is a huge job, and they're also trying to do this conscious parenting thing. Um, It's just a lot, the mental load, the emotional load, and then also our own stories and this kind of like, you know, people will sit, people have really internalized a lot of the quick fix type of thing. And they think that they should be able to do that. I mean, I know it's about healing myself. So I'm not triggered. I'm not triggered all the time. I know it's about, um, you know, facing my stuff so that I'm, I don't hurt my children. I know it's not about my kids. It's about me. And then there's this like sense of should. So then they're also carrying the burden of like, I'm not doing this healing thing right. Or I, I'm not going to heal in time to not mess up my kids. So there's the overwhelm. And then there's this kind of fear that you're not going to figure it out in time, right? The developmental. So it's just like the biological clock, um, you know, for getting pregnant, it's like, oh, they're going to be five. And once they're five, like I, you know, ruined them. Like so many parents have just because we know that zero to five is so important. (laughs) And so then they've set this, let me be nurturing and, and, you know, connected, get it all in there. And um, so there's this overwhelm and at the same time, this pressure, right? Like I I want to do this, right? And so that usually is looking like repeated struggles, like kind of the cycle I described to you that I have with my daughter, but feeling really overwhelmed by that. Like I can't get ahead of it. I'm, I'm so triggered all the time. I'm so tired all the time. Um, I'm so mad at my partner, but I know I shouldn't complain about my partner. Like, you know, that these kind, all of these shoulds, and it's especially common with mothers, you know, mothers a lot more often than, than fathers. 
Yeah. And I would assume that is it mostly mothers who are coming into your programs to work with you? It is. Um, usually there's a few couples like in every cohort that takes the course. And a lot of times um, the dads, the dads that I work with prefer one-on-one work. So most of the community work I do, you know, the people who go on to be in my membership community, um, we, I have one dad and my, not all of, I have three different membership groups and there's one dad. Um, so yeah, it is mostly mothers that prefer the group setting and then, um, and dads like to do one-on-one. Yeah. That's so interesting. And we'll tackle that in the next podcast episode. <laughs> that would be an interesting conversation to have with you. I am really interested in talking to you about one of those ways that we can help parents, moms take care of themselves within parenting. And that is through movement and exercise and caring for our bodies. Yes. And so you came into our two pregnancy <laughs> and beyond program, which is so fun to have you there. And I would love to know what was your relationship like to your body and exercise, maybe growing up through your twenties and how has it begun to shift for you maybe in more recent years? Yeah. Well, I, I want to start by just saying how much I remember our first call because I remember this question you asked me after I did this like very long emotional thing about my history with exercise. And you're like, so <laughs> when, when do you, when did your like allergy to fitness culture begin? Cause I was just like, and I hate even wearing a sports bra. And <laughs> I was like, whoa, there's a lot of emotion there for me. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, I grew up in a home where um, bodies were talked about a lot. Women's bodies were talked about a lot. Just like she has a nice body. She doesn't have, you know, oh, she does. She doesn't have a, a waist and she, oh, her legs are too skinny or, you know, that's just was the chorus of, of how women were talked about in my home. Um, and I, it's three, you know, three girls and all of our bodies were always compared from a very young age. And um And I understood from a young age that I was going to have a good body. Like I had the right elements in place so that I was going to have a good body. Um, This, this might be a little bit uh, triggering for some people to hear, but I remember at the age of seven, um, an older relative asking me in front of kind of the whole family, if I realized that I had sex appeal and very much no, and, and linking that to how people had already talked about how I was going to have a small waist and I was going to have a nice butt. I was seven and I already had all of that information. Um, and, and there was really never anyone there helping me to make sense of it all. Right. Just the opposite. I was just like, this is how the world works. And, and so I always felt like it was my job to have a quote unquote, good body, according to these Eurocentric, you know, thin centric standards. And I never questioned it. Um, and so anytime my body deviated from thinness, I felt like I was doing the right thing if I just stopped eating. And I was never diagnosed with an eating disorder or anything like that because I was very private about the things I was doing. 
but I felt hideous and horrible about myself. Anytime it just moved a little bit from being that kind of ideal. And that was, that was basically, I mean, from that very young age, all through my adulthood and my dating, all of my dating experiences, I was like, I owe this to my partner <laughs> to look this way. Um, and I had awareness, so I would never kind of declare out loud that this is how I felt. I actually, I knew that it wasn't right to feel this way about my body, but I also didn't ever see myself feeling any other way about it. Um, and then, and then I got pregnant and, um, and I cared about being a thin pregnant woman. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't, I went, I, I was running until into seven months and it was not for my mental health, right? It was because I needed to stay as thin as possible so that I could get back to thin again. And, um, and then my body was actually in danger when my daughter was born. And um, I couldn't, I couldn't feel my bladder for a week after her birth. And I didn't know if I ever would again. And it was very scary, and very traumatic. But there was this huge shift after that. And I was like, I don't, I don't care what my body looks like. I almost said, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't care what my body looks like. Like I, people would say things about, oh, you, you know, you lost the baby weight so fast. Just like, I don't even care. Like it works. It works and that's all I care about. Um, and when I came to you, I had already I had done a lot of healing work around thanking that part of my body for everything it went through for me and and how much it sustained me and sustained my child and kind of apologizing to my body for how hard. I had been on it, you know, for, for all of those years. And I just really wanted to find a safe place where I knew that somebody was going to help me take care of my body. Right. And at the same time, when I do your exercises, it's like, I need that reminder to breathe, breathe some healing into the pelvic floor, because sometimes I'm like in the middle of an exercise and I say, my butt's really looking like older. Maybe I should do an extra set to make it look. And I'm like, okay, of course that's still going to be there. Of course that voice is still going to pop back in. <laughs> um, <laughs> because that's a whole lifetime of thinking my worth depends on that. And then coming back and saying, that's okay. That's okay that you thought that. It makes sense. Just like those days in parenting when it's like, yeah, that little voice is going to come into my mind that says, aren't I ever good enough for you? Isn't anything, you know, these dramatic declarations I want to make at my daughter. Like, of course, that's going to still come up once in a while. It's a lifetime of having a wound like that. Um, and so... And so for me, it's been really important to approach something, especially something like weight training that I associate with like spandex and, you know, <laughs> the fitness industry and, um, and being able to see it as 
as bringing strength to the to my body, especially the part of my body that got me through that got me through something so frightening and and actually pulled me through and came out, you know, healthy afterwards. Oh, yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that. It's so interesting because my body stuff started from when I was eight and you started around seven and we were probably even younger than that when we started to notice things and make comparisons and whatnot. And yeah, my kid's about to turn seven and yours is six. And so these are things that are just on my mind constantly about how she is experiencing her own body in the world. It's really, it's wild to then parent through this when you've had so much of your own body stuff. Yeah. Who has a lot. So talk to us about strength training. What has that been like for you? Well, First of all, I am so happy that I only know it through you. (laughs) (laughs) I am allergic to gym. Um, But strength training has been awesome because I really, I used to think that I had to, um, I really, I was in that calories mindset. What did I eat? And then how much do I have to run? That's kind of the only association I had with exercise yeah that and so something like strength training what's really surprised me about it is how little time I have to put into it and and still feel like you know like later on you're cooking and you're like oh I my arm feels like badass as I'm cooking <laughs> yes <laughs> I love alive. that it's alive, you know, it's like, you. yeah, I guess it's, it's these little reminders that stay with you because it's not that you stay sore, like in that I did too much way. It's like, oh yeah, I have a body. Oh, I'm, rem- oh, my back feels it. I feel like sitting a different way because it feels good to feel my back alive. I can't explain it, but you know, if I'm, when I have that, alive is the only word I can think to use. When I feel like those muscles are kind of activated in my upper and lower back, it feels really good to sit in a way where I'm like feeling that activation. I can't, ex- yeah, I, I I bet you there's all this yeah. physio terminology that would really help me right now. Um, <laughs> but it's it's been that, that a little bit of weight training in the morning, um, stays with me throughout the day and reminds me that I'm strong. Yes. Yeah. I totally get what you're saying. It is this connectedness to yourself that does come alive on some level that is so specific to strength training. And that I see with moms and parents and women, it, it does hit you in a little bit of a different way. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Okay. So then I'm also wanting to know how then has that, or has it influenced how you show up just in the world in general, in your life, in parenting, do you notice that strength training or thinking about movement in these different ways 
has also had this trickle out effect on you in the greater sense? Yes. It's funny because the first thing that came to mind for me was that not that it's a secret, but I feel like it's my little thing. (laughs) That's mine. And when I was having been able to do it or having made the time to do it, it's just like, it's a different day. I guess it's, it's sort of like prayer. I'm not um, specifically religious, but I do like to take time for like a contemplative practice. So it's sort of like that. It's like you, it, it stays with you because your body reminds you. And it's like, yeah, I really took care of myself today. And that just stays with you, you know, wherever you are and however you are interacting. And when I can't do it, I get, I miss it. You know, when I traveled over the holidays and it was really hectic and I took my rubber band to do some of the basics, but it was like, I I need, I I want that again. You know, I want to be back in my bedroom with my makeshift, all the makeshift things that you Yeah. You know, that you can make shift equipment. Yeah, I miss it when I can't do it. Oh, that's so cool to hear you say that. Yeah, just knowing that it has been a journey for you with your body and also your relationship to exercise and wanting to move in a way that truly supports you. That is it's such a gift. So I'm glad that you have that. Yeah. Before we wrap up, I would just love if you could share more about your upcoming program that you'll be starting to speak about, starting to enroll folks in come the fall, because I know so many people listening in on this will want the details and want to hear more about that support that you offer. Yes. So um, in the fall, in October, I'll be working with the 12th cohort of the Healing Parents course. Um, And this is really where it all starts, you know, for the people that really get into it and witness those transformations. This is like the really big foundational step. So it's, um, it's three months, it's 13 calls, everything's recorded. Um, And there's, there are the tools and there's the togetherness piece and really people from day one after that first call come back to call number two talking about the shifts that they already experienced. Um, so I the waitlist is open now and you can get on the waitlist at the link in bio my Instagram or at gabriellablanco.net. And, um, and I'm really excited because this time around, I'm going to be offering, in addition to a discount, a really cool bonus for people who get on the wait list. It's something that's currently only available to like a really small handful of my clients, but they love it. And um, I'm really excited to offer that to people who sign up through the wait list. So if you are in any way interested, be sure to get on that wait list so that you can... Um, get that bonus. Ooh, okay. Exciting. Well, we'll link all of that in the show notes of today's episode. And I'm also really excited for this cohort because I will be jumping in as well and taking this journey. It's something that I've wanted to do for literal years now. And so I cannot wait to work with you and just be in community 
with the folks who are coming into your program, I know those are people who are going to be valuing similar and same things. And it's like you showing up with us into pregnancy and beyond. You wanted your people. And it's so important for me with getting parenting support and resources to be with my people. And I know that's exactly what this will be. That is so exciting, Jesse. I can't wait. Yes. Okay. Well, Gabriella, thank you so much. Where can people find you on the internet? So yeah, GabriellaBlanco.net. That's my website. And then I, my handle on, on Instagram is at healing parents. And those are really the two main places where you can find me. We're getting started on Pinterest, but that's a, that's a new thing. So you'll find a lot more at Instagram right now. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, my friend. I really appreciate you coming on and having this conversation with me. Thank you, Jesse. Good to be with you. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 